Hey, what's happening, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Supermarcado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. You know, the podcast listeners can't see us uh, grooving out to it, but rest <laughs> assured, we are grooving out to the music this week. We're so excited to get to spotlight woot, woot. the piping hot brand new soundtrack to Gravity Rush 2. Is it ever piping hot? The official release of the soundtrack comes out by the time you guys are listening to it the previous week. So this is a brand new release here. The game came out uh, not too long ago and the soundtrack is brand new. We are so excited because one of our favorite modern soundtracks for the past like 15 years was Gravity Rush composed by Kohei Tanaka. And he returned to score Gravity Rush 2. And we're just so excited to dive in. Now, one thing we should mention is uh, Will is going in completely blind on this I episode. Am. Well, it's That's so be new fun. that I, I haven't listened to it. And, you know, I've had uh, the soundtrack in my inbox. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just I've been waiting to listen to it. But when it came so close to it today, we we're going to record. I just figured, you know, why not make it a surprise? It'll be more interesting yep. for the listeners if I'm experiencing it at the same time as all of you. So Absolutely. you're getting my unbridled... Uh, original introductory opinion to all of this music. That's cool. I think that's exciting, and you guys should be excited, too. It's going to be an amazing episode. Uh, so let's just talk a little bit about maybe the fr- his work on the first Gravity Rush. Yeah, and so- just a little bit about Kohei Tanaka himself mm-hmm. as a composer, his background um, in composition, because he actually does go back to some of the earlier days of game music, and he's also known for composing outside of this medium. Uh, you know, in film and anime. He's a very prolific uh, film and anime composer. One of the series that he's known for is One Piece. He goes back to working on uh, systems for video games, such as the Super Nintendo, uh, (laughs) did a lot of wonderful work there, all the way to the Dreamcast, the PS1. Um, But really, we didn't really start hearing his name until Gravity Rush. People were like, you guys got to listen to this soundtrack. Carl, you know what would be a fun idea for an episode? is to get music that game composers have written outside of the world of video games. I love so whether it. it's music it. that they've done in different bands or film mm-hmm. music or songs, uh, I think it would be really fun to... Because a lot of game composers are very versatile and they don many different hats. And and that makes sense because I'm actually a really big Kohei Tanaka fan. I have a lot of his his anime work, so that w- I would love to be able yeah, to play some of that It's fantastic orchestral music. I remember yeah. when you sort of went down that rabbit hole, I think around a year ago, um, sharing with me all of that wonderful mm-hmm. stuff. In theme songs too, really, really great catchy music. So Gravity Gravity Rush really uh, kind of excited a lot of VGM fans around the world. It was this a wonderful combination of really exciting orchestral music mixed with like a small ensemble rock band and a jazz band. There are certain tracks that kind of go back to this old swanky jazz feel. And combining that all together was something so unique and novel and he kind of returned to that idea with gravity rush 2 but one thing i do want to say to will and to others is that this is a very different sound here uh it's not the gravity rush one he's not just rehashing it he's definitely trying to go off in different directions i would say overall my take after listening to it i love it i think it's amazing um i think overall by and large a lot of the tracks are maybe a little bit less melodic there are certain times when he goes into some experimental territories 
stories. Will and I, we call that vaping <laughs> for personal reasons. But so the, the other times here when Kohei Tanaka is kind of vaping a little He's bit. He's vaping out um, a little bit. That's fine. But there are definitely moments of classic just gravity rush goodness, uh, emotional. I'm known to like a good vape from time to time. Emotional beauty and just, you know, purity. Um, but yeah, it's uh, there, there are some, some world music influences that maybe weren't in the first game that you'll hear here. But overall, it's a wonderful score and a great follow-up. I think he really tried to make something for everyone, and I think he did a good job. So let's get into it. Well, we'd like to we'd like to recommend all of you, if you haven't already, uh, go back through our catalog and listen to the episode that we did on the original Gravity Rush soundtrack. Yes. Uh, if you're not familiar with the score. I mean, it's just like we mentioned, one of our favorites of the last few years. Uh, Very recommended listening. And hopefully it'll maybe put you in the mood for today's episode. I can't wait to get started. I am so excited. This music's all new to me. So let's get cracking, man. What's what's the first thing? Okay. So what you heard, what you heard playing in was a track called Storm and Triumph, which is a very exciting, rousing piece of battle music, I believe. We're going to change things up quite a bit and we're going to go to a track that is a little bit more, I guess, mischievous, I would say. There's a lot of animated spirit in this track. It's called The Area of Magic from Gravity Rush 2, known in Japan as Gravity Days 2, composed by Kohei Tanaka. You guys are listening to The Area of the Magic from Gravity Rush 2, composed by the amazingly talented Kohei Tanaka. And as you guys are hearing, and Will, you're hearing this, this score is a lot more um, in the style of a film score, where it's constantly scoring these subtle emotions that are changing on a dime. Very limber type of scoring here. Yeah. Something that was kind of contrasting to most of the music we heard in Gravity Rush. So, Will, overall, your first impressions of this piece of music. I think this piece is delightful. I I so thoroughly enjoyed it. I I love his use of the orchestra. It's really fun and um, almost caricature of each instrument group. It's very humorous music. It's something Mm -hmm. that if I were to equate it to film music, it would be something I would expect in an animated film or a children's film. Uh, But it's, it's lovely music that, though it feels like film music, there seem to be these 
kind of clever nods to some classical music pastiches, uh, things in you know the late Romantic period and in you know the early 20th century musical uh, idiom. Some really cool things happening in this piece. And what's great is, like Carl mentioned, this is experimental music, but it doesn't feel experimental in an overly sophisticated way. It's all of these techniques that are used for humor mm -hmm. and for a sense of lightness. First of all, one of the first things we hear that rhythm, the but once the piece gets going with the accordion, I believe there's some accordion in there. Yeah. It's yeah. so fun, lovely and fun. And then when that, preliminary statement of the melody comes that chord progression is something it kind of sounds to me like something you'd get in like a Danny Elfman score sure but it uses what we would call a third relation modulation and in this case it's a minor triad um, so we essentially feel like it's a minor one built on the first scale degree and then it switches to a minor chord built on the third scale degree right and if you're aware of theory the third scale degree in a minor key is typically a major chord True. but here we move from one minor chord to another this kind of third relation modulation in this context happens all the time in film music say you could think of like john williams uh the Imperial March, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, it, it goes to a minor chord, a third away outside of the traditional key center. But it, in this case, it has this really humorous and uh, lovely sound. And I love how it's voiced with that woodwind texture, flutes, clarinets. Yeah, me too. It's so delightful. Another, the last thing I wanted to mention, the opening of this piece. We have that fun little counterpoint in the strings where all this little imitation, to me, that sounds like early like film music like something you'd hear in Bambi or like a Disney film or the Wizard of Oz or something yeah and also I mean the you touched on it but the orchestration is just masterful you know yeah, those harmonies it? between the woodwinds and the strings just feel so lush and it's not something we hear in a lot of video game music we hear it in films but this is just it's so clear that this is a masterful composer that is versed in so many different traditions so all right we're going to move on to the next piece because we could just nerd out all day on that but we're going to move on to something a little bit more epic this feels like more bad music to me and it, it definitely rocks it has drums and guitars and stuff one thing that I want to do is we'll play a little bit of it we'll fade down and give our impressions and then I do I would like to fade back up because the second half of the piece kind of changes tempo and energy so let's take a listen to anti-warfare against heavy pressure <laughs>
this is such a wonderful underscore. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. You guys are listening to Anti-Warfare Against Heavy Pressure, composed by Kohei Tanaka. And this feels like the score to like a triple A film, you know, like something by Pixar, just like a really big budget, huge sound here. You have a full brass section. It feels like it's a jazz band and orchestra all in the same like scoring stage. It's just it definitely has the, the caliber of that brass band quality. Uh, in terms of the music writing, if it is like a film score, it sounds like kind of a throwback to maybe like 1980s American film Definitely. music. This really feels like something I could imagine in like Rocky, uh, even just that heavy reliance on brass or like a sports yeah, movie. Yeah, I think one, yeah, one thing that I think is important to say about this is there was a time when this was not in vogue where people wouldn't be caught dead to write music like this for a film or even a video game but i think now we've gotten to the point where we have the advantage of hindsight where we're able to as artists or even as you know audience we're able to pick and choose from almost any era and it's kind of open like i feel like overall we're a little bit more open-minded in 2017 than we probably were in like 1994 or Mm -hmm. like definitely like in the 80s like there were just certain things that you probably wouldn't you wouldn't do like oh we don't do that but now anything's open for grabs and this is a great example of that well yeah now it's retro and it's kind of hip to do it i think the other thing we have to remember is just cultural differences you know this was this is a japanese game by a japanese composer and that's a different Mm -hmm. culture and their sense of what's in vogue and what isn't in vogue is different than what happens with american composers and something that i so love about a lot of japanese video game music is there seems to be this uh lack of caring about what's cool or what's hip or what's modern. Right. And a lot of the music is very earnest and just indulges in a lot of these fun moments. Well, that- if we can, let's let's fade up here and listen to a little bit of this up-tempo section. This is such a fun section here. The brass takes over and the strings. That beautiful lyrical string passage. That kind of chord sequence is so rich and is the kind of thing we don't hear in a lot of modern music. It's very 1930s, 40s, has a theater music quality. It sounds like mm-hmm. Richard Rogers or something. That level of richness um, harmonically. Just beautiful stuff. Again, a, a combination of influences, but that's what, to me, makes this stuff video game music. We can't quite put yeah. it in a specific box. You know, we've referenced classical music and jazz and film music, mm-hmm. but it isn't any of those things. It's something completely new, and that's what game music is. It's this unique True. medium that has the freedom to borrow from all these different things. It pays reverence to music that's come before it, but it's also creating something new in the process. And that's why I think it's such a salient artistic medium. Well, and that's why I'm so proud and happy to showcase on something like Gravity Rush, because Kohei Tanaka here is proud to be a video game composer. You can tell this is video game music because it's so spirited and it's not afraid to go with these really big emotions that are not subtle. Sure. And Carl, I think that's a really great point because even though this is modern music and it's using real performers and you Mm -hmm. could say it's tied to other lineages you can almost hear the echo of early game music in here you You know this this is tied to the same tradition of things like super mario brothers and sonic the hedgehog well and we should also mention that there are certain tracks uh i think area of magic was one and there's a couple uh here today where he uses uh 
retro synth sounds actually and that's another thing where it's like yeah that's very very uh natural for video games but it probably wouldn't necessarily be that natural in a film so he has this freedom here well and like we said before kohei tanaka did cut his teeth in the 16-bit era he did Mm -hmm. work on the super nintendo and composed for that system all right so now let's move on to an interesting piece of short music the total length here is 44 seconds. What this is, is this, this is two separate little like 20 second jingles that are put back together. The first time I think is some sort of success and the second one is a failure. Um, it's a wonderful piece of music. It's just so expressive and lively. And it just feels like this is Kohei Tanaka doing the gravity rush sound here. A uh, very short but sweet piece of music. This is Parallel Fatal. <laughs> Better luck next time, guys. That was Parallel Fatal. Oh my goodness. Kohei Tanaka, he has chops for days. Well, I want to get your thoughts on this, uh, compared, you know, comparing to what our expectations are from the first Gravity Rush, and then just being a fan of orchestral music in general. What do you think about this track? I think it's great. I, I love the energy of it. There's so many different things that um, I was reminded of in it, and I think... Again, this is an idiom that has been explored so many times. You're going to rub up against certain things. Mm-hmm. There were moments here that reminded me of Heart of Darkness, the Bruce Broughton sure. fantastic yeah, score yeah. that we really love. I'd say overall, though, this really felt like my impression of Gravity Rush music, really rousing high energy orchestral music that seems to be this orchestra and jazz fusion mix, because we're using a lot of these minor seventh and major seventh harmonies that we hear in a popular jazz music idiom Mm -hmm. frequently, but not necessarily in classical music and not in orchestral music like this. That's the kind of thing that I associate with you know video game orchestra stuff like super mario galaxy or the original gravity rush for one yeah one thing i'll say uh actually the reason why i included this is because this feels like classic gravity rush and i will say that there's not an abundance of this kind of music in the score so that's the reason why a 44 second piece of music was included today even though this is more of a jingle i i still think it's incredible and he's definitely tapping into what people responded to in the first game because i think at that at that time it was the most critically acclaimed video game work he had ever done so he was very aware of what was working for people about that score and how can i tap into it i think that's a good point you know, there's something, a uh, neat little thing I noticed towards the end of this. We have a yeah, bum, 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 uh, that kind of melodic curve. Um, but that really reminded me of a theme from The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, the villain in that game. His name is uh, Girahim. And his character theme actually goes, similar choice of notes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's this very dissonant descending climb. So it makes sense that they would rub up against the same notes 
But uh, I thought that's interesting because we really are in the weeks ahead uh, leading up to the launch of a brand new Zelda title. Um, at the time soon, of recording, it's only like time uh, of release, 10, yeah. 10 days away. So I'm super excited about that. Craziness, folks. All right, let's move on to a nice change of pace. This is a very kind of tragic, subtle, restrained piece of music. It's called Loneliness, and Kohei Tanaka is so good at this kind of music. Uh, I really was a big fan of some of his work he did um, in on the Dreamcast era. He did some RPG games that had a lot of this kind of really kind of tragic music and he's just wonderful at kind of taking elements from classical music taking modern elements putting them together let's take a listen to loneliness from gravity rush 2 You guys are listening to Loneliness, composed by Kohei Tanaka, and what better way to evoke loneliness than a solo cello with wide vibrato over a really beautiful harp arpeggio, right? That's that's pretty dang lonely sounding to me. Mm-hmm. This is so beautiful. Um, I don't know. One of the reasons I love video games is that, by and large, you have emotional moments that are very, very big and then very, very small. And there's kind of this really big contrast in a way that films don't have as much. Like, to score a film scene this way, mm-hmm. I can't think of the last time I heard a film do this. Um, it's just like, it's so overt. And for some reason, for games, it's more appropriate to score it in this way. And I'm so glad because what we're left with is this just amazing music that is not like... It's not as background-oriented as a lot of modern film score is. Well, Marty and I just started a new podcast called Underscore on Film Music. And one of the things that uh, we've been talking about is just some of the constraints of film as a medium. There's certain things that you're not allowed to do because you only have what's there. And a lot of times, you know, the first soundtrack we've been focusing on is Raiders. But we notice, you know, sometimes John Williams, he doesn't have very much time to really develop a theme 
theme. You have like three second statements of it and then we move on to the next scene. You don't really have time to indulge in these full iterations of long form melodies. And I think games, in addition to being interactive and in addition to having different constraints, they sometimes allow for more long form pieces, especially if the music is based on location or the area that you're at and it's sitting in the background. Um, It does allow for more. Well, it's definitely the case now nowadays with like a modern epic game it's going to be much more music than a movie many more hours so you do have a lot more opportunities for this and one thing i do want to mention is that i went out of my way to pick some of the best music of the whole score this is a four disc soundtrack that has a lot of amazing subtle moments i tried to find the moments that were the most interesting just to listen to musically so that that should definitely be mentioned this is a beautiful piece it's a gorgeous melody i i love how chromatic it is it really does feel classical not in terms of you know that it sounds like it's hundreds of years old but it's tied into that i guess symphonic sophisticated tradition gorgeous melody very evocative i love the orchestration you have the solo cello that's very prominent you know in the mix but it's over this bed of uh tremolo strings and it has this tragic quality Mm -hmm. the the harmonies and uh the chord progression is almost like an elegy there's this descending um chromatic line that almost reminds me of something that you'd get in uh, like a, a a piece by Bach, you know, something that's meant to be funereal or something. It's really beautiful. Let's move on to a nice change of pace. This is a piece of music called Returning to Port. And although I think he's kind of nailing the musical and the harmonic style of these first two games, there's also this sense in this piece, it kind of reminds me actually of, again, of Bruce Broughton's work. It feels kind of 90s to me. I think Will's really going to enjoy this. It's very delightful. This is called Returning to Port. So beautiful. So without giving too much away, the melody that you heard here is going to be further explored in this week's track of the week. So if you enjoyed that piece of music, you have some amazing stuff in store. That was Returning to Port from Gravity Rush 2, composed by Kohei Tanaka. Holy smokes, what a great composer. You know, I had a feeling that we were hearing some thematic material that was going to uh, return again. Oh, yes. Very film music-y in uh, its presentation and kind of... How beautiful is that melody? Gorgeous. Holy moly. Yeah. 
the piece that we're hearing here <clears throat> is in a triple meter. It's in three, so it has that character of almost being like a waltz. Uh, but again, we, we feel it in one, so there's this dance-like quality to it. Uh, really lovely. I love how it's orchestrated. Towards the beginning, we have this interlocking... Will, does the beginning of this... Does this not remind you of Taking Flight, or is it just me? <laughs> it, it is a similar thing, yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that you mentioned that, because that was the the first thing that I thought of. Taking Flight is an orchestral piece uh, that I wrote, and it starts with a similar interlocking woodwind mm -hmm. arpeggio. But that's a very common device uh, from older film music. I think that's probably the kind of thing I was trying to evoke in that piece. And I think that's what Kohei Tanaka sure. is trying to evoke here. Beautiful, though, the the opening of this piece the, that um, the 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 chords are really implied by these two harmonized voices interlocking at the beginning. It sounds like uh, flutes to me, but it, I also possibly hear you know oboes or clarinets. But really beautiful yeah. texture, almost you know French or impressionistic. It really has a lot of lovely character. I will say that. Uh, one thing I noticed is that his orchestration, he went to the next level with his orchestration on this game. Some really inventive stuff, very lush. And I will say also that the engineering and the recording of the soundtrack was above mm -hmm. and beyond of the first game. I mean, everything here is just crystal clear. You can hear all the instruments and every the way that it's mixed too, like on the tracks that feature like a rock band, it feels like it's all performed in the same space and it feels natural. Mm. So I don't know, just bang up job, everyone involved in this score. So let's move on to something really pretty. This on an orchestral standpoint is one of the more melodic points in the game. There's just a lot here. There's a lot of like really intentional writing in this track. I think Will, Will is going to get well, a kick I'm excited about it just from the name. The piece is called Sailing. And yeah. when I think of a great uh, orchestral <clears throat> tone poem or something of sorts, the term sailing uh, feels like a very descriptive name. So I'm excited to hear this one. Let's take a listen to Sailing. wonderful theme i just feel like i'm out at the sea oh my gosh this is really pulling out the heartstrings here this is sailing from gravity rush 2 known in japan again as gravity days 2 composed by kohei tanaka 
I think there's a brilliant use of um, orchestration in general, mm-hmm. just instrument choice yeah. here. The solo trombone is just the perfect choice <laughs> to evoke this scene. Yeah, I don't know it really what it is. It feels but like I, you're sailing. I very much And then agree. also, one thing that I just was a big fan of is his subtle use of percussion. The only percussion you have in this track is cymbals, crash, and suspended. And he doesn't bring them in until about halfway through the track for the climax of the piece. And it's just a very uh, kind of economical use of very minimal percussion when it's there. It's you know it's it's serving a function, but yeah, he doesn't need to have it throughout the whole well, thing. Well, a lot of this piece has a swashbuckling quality to the rhythms. Those For dotted sure. rhythms feel. Uh, of like a classical tradition and also old film music, um, but in terms of the harmonies, mm-hmm. it's it's almost like I don't know classic game music harmony to me. That beautiful, yeah. uh, rich jazz language uses a lot of um, really satisfying uh, chord sequences. Um, that that's something that feels very vintage to Kohei Tanaka. But it, it's that marriage of those rhythms. So I will say that some of those those string harmonies at about 30 seconds in were just beautiful right. oh man I, I well on my nerdy little excel spreadsheet this track was rated very highly i think so far today this might be my favorite piece of music we've there's played. a lot that happens in this piece texturally though to characterize the idea of sailing i mentioned the rhythms mm-hmm. and how it has a swashbuckling quality i think i agree with carl the use of the trombone is really effective because it has this sense of heroism but there's something uh almost most cute or plucky about uh because it's a solo trombone yeah there's really that's lovely one of my favorite moments is um kind of a when the orchestration strips down a little bit and we have this duet between what sounds like cellos and violas uh in a low low to mid range of the string orchestra these very busying rhythms that's something that happens throughout the piece but i think it's great and it's very descriptive you can almost imagine it being the water hitting against the boat it's this raucous Mm -hmm. kind of chords um very open very kind of i guess you could call it like pantonal um because there are some dissonances but it's all really diatonic sure in the way they move and interact together it it almost has this fluid quality it sounds like water really descriptive this is perfect music for sailing i just love it oh god i love kohei tanaka he's just such a master he has such a breadth of knowledge when it comes to music and music history. We're going to move on to something that's kind of related. You still feel like you're getting kind of those aquatic vibes, but this is a very relaxing piece of music. It feels like I could fall asleep to this. Uh, you hear a little bit of ethnic influence as well, a little bit of Eastern, uh, specifically Eastern influence here. This is Morning Market of Portrario. Let's take a listen to this.
know, this almost reminds me, I was getting some Zelda vibes with that beautiful ocarina. We're yeah. listening to Morning Market of Portrayo. Uh, just beautiful. It's amazing. Uh, you know how I would actually describe this? Uh, you are you are right about those Zelda vibes. But before that, this would be the music if they made like a real-life live-action Mario Kart movie. And this is on Koopa Troopa Beach when he's really like finding himself. <laughs> Maybe there's a little bit of romance. And he's writing this like letter to Peach because it feels like tropical video game beach music, but like much more serious. It's just... Phenomenal. When it's borrowing from, uh, again, classical ideas. Uh, yeah, those string harmonies are just so legit, so syrupy, they, and just like, I feel like I can I can taste the syrup. They use a concept we talked about last week. In fact, I think that Albert Odyssey was great preparation because that was also it wonderful sure was. orchestra music, even if it was on the Super Nintendo. But a concept I mentioned yeah. last week of planing happens a lot in this piece where we have, in this case, really dense, a lot in the rich score, harmonies yeah. that are moving up and down in parallel motion, which means that every voice is moving uh, the same degree away. So if we have, say, a major seventh chord or a half-diminished chord, if the melody moves up or down, that same chord sonority moves up and down with it. Mm -hmm. It's a very dreamy sound, and when that detailed of a harmony moves in parallel like that, it has these really strong emotional implications. And this piece introduces that idea to us in little bite-sized nuggets. It starts with just these open fourths and fifths moving up and down, and it's kind of a sound our ear can adjust to, but ultimately in the most lyrical and rich passage of the piece, we have these much more dense chords moving up and down and it's a gorgeous effect well and it should be also said that what a great use of the marimba the part that he composed from the marimba is is wonderful and it was performed really well and again the way that this was recorded i have to give them so much kudos because it was really clear you could hear that there was definitely a mic that was close to the marimba but it never felt like it was like a studio edition it feels like it's sure. all existing in the same space well, it's just such a wonderful marriage that, of composition and production. I think the thing you can say is that Kohei Tanaka writes idiomatically for each instrument. You know, the yes. marimba part is musically something that is perfect for that instrument. The character it gives to the piece mm-hmm. is that sense of rhythmic counterpoint. The string lines are so idiomatic. And when that ocarina comes in, uh, that little yeah, da, da, that that chromaticism somehow well, feels yeah, fitting what a, for that instrument. What a magical moment that is! The ocarina comes in, and the chords get way more jazzy, way it more really Japanese, sounds like Zelda. <laughs> and just so good. All right, guys. Well, I couldn't be more excited to move on to this week's track of the week. It is the title theme from Gravity Rush 2, and it is amazing. It's oozing with personality. It's oozing with just heart. You could tell that Kohei Tanaka put so much into this theme. He hearkens back to it a lot in the score, and every time he does, it's wonderful to hear it. A lot of great themes. It's not just one. I, there's like two to three wonderful melodies in here. And it's kind of all over the place, but I think we're going to listen to this whole thing because it warrants it. Enjoy this week's track of the week. It's Gravity Days 2, composed by Kohei Tanaka.
And there you have it. That is the title theme to Gravity Rush 2, composed by Kohei Tanaka. So joyous. Oh my gosh, I'm so delighted by that. So much to talk about. Let's get into it. One of my favorite things about this is that this would only come from Japan. This would only come from a Japanese composer. The emotions are all taken so seriously, but the listeners left with something that makes you almost laugh because it's all these different eras in music history, kind of almost like ADD of music history going back and then going forward. And then you have a rock band and it does remind me of the title theme to the first Gravity Rush, where all of a sudden mm-hmm. we had this beautiful orchestral melody jink, and then we go jink, to the reggae feel. Jink, so. Jink. It is as quirky and as eclectic as that, but I don't know. I just think the writing here is just amazing. Will, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I I was also reminded of the original Gravity Rush theme. It's a bit more consistent in terms of it kind of promises what it's going to give you right off the bat. Um, where the the original right. Gravity Rush theme uh, gave this promise of you know an adventure score, very film musicy and lyrical, and then all of a sudden, oh okay, now it's also video game music. Yeah. This piece was more of an overture. It introduced different types of themes, sure. and I think it does a great job of setting the palette, the tone of the game. We basically hear all the yeah. types of sounds we're going to get: the rock sound, the kind of brass band what almost sounds like a marching band or music that you'd hear at a sporting event and without being too biased i will say that my favorite is that beautiful waltz that classical waltz oh my god that's amazing wonderful music so many different themes so much character and um really interesting use of the orchestra one of my favorite ideas that that was something that was so interesting again we have these parallel chords moving in harmony that was a moment that almost sounded like the type of music that i used to play in like concert band in elementary school i don't know carl if you got that feeling but those kinds of harmonies uh almost remind me of like a wind ensemble type of piece yeah I could hear uh, that. those parallel harmonies and rhythms but so much fun yeah I, I think this piece does a great job of like I said setting the palette in the the tone for the game um, in a really unique way and yes it is sort of a potpourri of influences but like we mentioned mm-hmm. before that's one of the things that's so delightful about video game music it's so delightful and the last little influence that we didn't necessarily get to explore in that overture and so far in the score was the use of jazz so let's do that now now, let's play a kind of a nice straight ahead jazz piece. This is so fun. This is Hot Pursuit from Gravity Rush 2. So much love, so much respect for everyone involved in this project. This is Hot Pursuit from Gravity Days 2 in Japan, composed by Kohei Tanaka. Okay, so 
The first idea is, okay, let's do something jazz. Let's do something straight ahead. Let's write a piece for these real jazz musicians. Okay, is it going to be good? And then are they going to be able to perform it well? Are you going to be able to capture it well? And is it going to feel like it makes sense in the context of the score? I think every single one of those bullet points was checked and you're left with something that feels just so like winning like you're just I'm nodding my head to this it swings reminds baby me, it swings it swings so much yeah if it don't mean to think if it ain't got that swing this reminds me of the the pleasure quarter song from the first game <laughs> god i love this i i really get the sense that uh this is Kohei Tanaka letting loose and having some fun doing his thing uh, you know there's some great videos of him doing uh, live performance uh performing some videos. gravity rush music uh, this stuff is just delightful. I really imagine it in, in that setting uh, more than mm-hmm. anything else. Uh, but it, it's this swanky, old-school jazz. Again, just like the uh, more classical music or the orchestra stuff, a lot of this stuff is a throwback. But that's what's so delightful about it. It almost seems like you're getting the greatest hits of all the type of music that would be on Kohei right. Tanaka's iPod. That's like what these Gravity Rush Again, scores are like. Again, what other mediums do we get where this is the case in 2017? Right. What films can you think of? I mean, yeah, La La Land a little but bit. But that's why I said like uh, like a children's film. You know, if you look at the score to say Inside Out, how versatile that is, how it's all over right. the map. Um, I think uh, movies for kids and cartoons especially offer that kind of zany all over the place palette that we almost take for granted because they're so common in games. Well, I wish that that palette would be more on the table for non-kids movies. Like I feel like there's opportunities to do this stuff. It doesn't have to be just be done in kids movies. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, if we weren't so darn serious, if we didn't take things so seriously. If we didn't work 40 hours a week. (laughs) So, all right. So now let's move on to... um, a very beautiful track. This one is a great combination of orchestral, but you also have some small ensemble in, uh, instruments there too. It feels like it's the Gravity Rush sense of harmony and sense of melody. So beautiful, very relaxing. Will, I'm going to let you pronounce and introduce this track. Oh gosh, I believe it's Le Havina. Here we go. I'm so proud that this the kind of music is still being called for in 2017. Who would have thought that? If you would have told me, like, for people in, like, 1999, 2000, you know, when, when we were really getting into, like, sequencers and, like, maybe live recorded musicians and game music, like, 
Who Everything's about ostinatos. Yeah, and, yeah. Who would have thought we would go back to something so much older <laughs> and maybe cheesier? And it's oh, going to feel delightful. fresh. I, it's so wonderful. I feel like this is very specifically paying homage to the theme for the movie Summer Place, which became right. a very popular theme uh, for incidental music. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a beautiful uh, piece by Max Steiner, um, one of the great old film composers. I'm sure but it that also was a has point. this like twelve eight feel, and particularly those descending uh, chromatic harmonized flutes uh, definitely are part of it that. It could palette. have very well been a, a reference point from the designers of the game, and then yeah. he had a good time it trying to recreate it. Could have been in the temp score, but just in general, I love uh, that type of characterization of almost like a tropical paradise. That the use of that so good 12 here. 8 meter has this dreamy um uh, idealistic quality to it. And again, the combination of genres. That summer place theme uh is this mixture of you could say jazz, early rock and roll and classical and all of those things um sitting together. But yeah, when that saxophone comes in, it's just like it's embracing the glory of that sweet sweet cheese. Oh yes. The sweet, sweet cheese, folks. All right, we're going to play this track, and then we're going to do a little catch-up with me and and Will after this. This is March of the Dead. Will, I think you're really going to enjoy this from Gravity Rush 2. It's time to rock out, guys. I don't know if you were aware, but it actually is. I'm really digging the use of the the rock band mixed with the orchestra. Mm-hmm. I know it is a little cheesy, and you know it's it's video gamey, but I don't know for some reason it feels way more natural and just it's well really done fun. here than almost I've ever heard it. Um, there's a lot we could say. Uh, I would like to open this up maybe for a little bit of time to maybe catch up between uh, you and me. Is there any any quick little thoughts you have about this track, Will? Yeah, I, I really like the the tone. Something that happens at the beginning. Uh, this is like Carl said, a rock band mixed with the orchestra. Man, the orchestra can rock, and it uh, it really mm-hmm. holds its weight 
with the drums and bass and guitar. Uh, something ni- neat that happens at the beginning, we have this more classical march pattern on the snare drum, but even then, you can kind of tell that it's a rock snare drum, because you almost exactly. hear the rattling of like the rest of the drum kit and the way well, it's Well, then you have the, the country kind of dirty guitar doubling that, too. It's it's so fun. Yeah. Well, Will, um, what have, what have you been up to this week? Let's, let's spend a little time to catch up. Yeah, some of you may not know this, but uh, during the majority of the year, Carl and I live in different locations, and we have to record this podcast cast remotely for the first few years of the show we would always record it in the same place so my uh, old apartment yeah sometimes we like to do this we like to have a little bit of catch-up to see what the other person has been up to this week well because a lot of times the only time we can really find time to talk is recording the podcast which is kind of sad yeah we actually hate each other so we we try (laughs) to keep as much distance as possible we can catch up but it needs to be a segment on the podcast (laughs) yeah as long as it's Uh, content content so what's what's new man what's new since we last talked oh man you know i've been really busy lately i'm I'm trying to keep my my head high because i have a lot of exciting things on the pipeline but you know very busy something i'm really looking forward to is our upcoming uh Marcado Brothers live show on March 4th. I've been practicing a Me lot too, for man. that. Um, and that's going to just be so much fun, I think. There have been really cool developments in my life for some of the things I've been working on. I'm in the process of developing the underscore to a theatrical production of the Greek tragedy Antigone. Um, and that's really fun and something I'm so excited about. Because, you know, I've done some little independent, you know, student films and done game music, but I've never gotten to score a live theater production. So it's a huge learning experience for me, um, and I've been having a blast. I'm also in the early stages of uh, developing ideas for a chamber opera that I'm writing to be premiered in the fall of this upcoming year. Awesome. Uh, So that's something I'm I'm really excited about, but... Yeah, I've been, been keeping quite busy, and I also have school and a job and, you know, a new podcast with Underscore. A That's big part true. of what I've been doing lately is, you know, Marty and I have been working really hard um, launching the new show. We've been getting some great response. Uh, for those of you that have listened to Underscore, you know, thanks uh, for listening and for, you know, being patient with us while we expand the Mercado Brothers podcast network. I'm so excited to have more man what about you what kind of stuff have you been up to um i haven't been quite as crazy busy as you have but you know i think it's all relative i mean college is a crazy time uh you know just teaching full time if anyone isn't aware um what i do now for my career is i teach music uh drums guitar and piano and so i have about 38 um individual students at the moment um and i have two new students that started this week so it's always interesting to meet new people um one piano one guitar and uh it's interesting almost every new student that i have that is around my age video game music comes up in the conversation and i don't even force it in there but it just finds its way and it's that's our generation man it's a great way to talk about some some of the musical concepts that i talk about in my lessons you know it's just great like especially NES era like when you're talking about harmony and counterpoint and part writing like Mm -hmm. what better way than to give them an example that they're gonna know like the Mario theme I mean I find it 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 comes up all the time I mean in my own composing Mm -hmm. in my own thinking about uh 
theory. That's super cool, and maybe we get some yeah. <laughs> new podcast listeners. So that just way. you know, uh, keeping busy with with teaching and stuff. And then um, actually, the other day, somebody asked to commission me uh, to write a piece of um, FM synth like Genesis music for for their series of videos. So I'm probably going to be working on that for the next couple of days. Nice. That's cool. But yeah, that's about it. Just, you know, listening to a lot of Gravity Rush too. Well, music. and then for both of us, we've uh, been continuing our work on the soundtrack to Asker. We recently right. finished uh, the final boss theme. So we basically have all of the stage music. I think all we have mm-hmm. left to right is like that reminds me well thanks for reminding we got to get back to that (laughs) (laughs) all right well let's get back to the episode how about that uh we're gonna now move into another piece of kind of climactic music there's a lot of this epic music in gravity rush 2 let's get to more of it this is fate's spiral here we go You guys are listening to Fate's Spiral from Gravity Rush 2, composed by Kohei Tanaka. Things are really <laughs> letting loose in the world of Gravity Rush here. Um, yeah, you're actually hearing some like opera singing here, which is pretty dang <laughs> Classical epic. voice. Um, definitely not something I was expecting from this soundtrack, but it really? keeps surprising <laughs> me. This isn't the only piece of music, too. There's a piece called The Angel which also has this the same female uh, opera vocalist, really. And it happens in Japanese film music when you think about, like, Joe Hisaishi. Right. He's pulling out all the stops in the score. He's not, he's not, you know, he's not holding anything back here. And I think one thing that I'm impressed with with these pieces of music, I have to assume they're battle uh, paces here. Right, yeah, action um, music is, for sure. Action music is is that the writing is just as intricate and thought out. It's not just your by-the-books kind of cliche action writing. It's That's very true. interesting stuff, and you could analyze this just as much as the, the music we've been listening to today. What's well, that golden age Hollywood kind of music? Again, we're hearing that theme that I called out in the title music, the ba in the way it's harmonized completely in parallel again that concept of planing it just keeps uh coming up it, it's sort he of like once you planing. once you call it out um you keep hearing it um but that's really effective it's something we hear in film music all the time too which is i imagine why it's part of kohei tanaka's uh tool belt but yeah i i agree carl this is really delightful and wonderful music definitely yeah. doesn't feel stock or brute or simple um mm-hmm. and there's a lot of interesting counterpoint in the orchestra and really exciting music 
Well, let's keep that going with the next one, which is also action music, but it's much different in its approach. This one is a little sillier. It kind of has all the cute elements that we love from Kohei Tanaka. Great. So it's going to rock, but don't worry. There will be some some pretty orchestral stuff, and there, of course, will be some saxophone, because oh, why some not? Some soprano right? sax or something. <laughs> you got to do it, right? This is Under Invasion from Gravity Rush 2. The star of this, the triangle. That's right, folks. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, this this is so fun. Um, it's 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 just absolutely ADHD though. It's all over the place, right? In a good way. This is Under Invasion. I think it's my favorite piece of action music from Gravity Rush 2. It's just so weird. Uh, <laughs> one of the things zany. that will that will uh, mention to me one of the reasons I like it is because the groove is always changing. The groove is always changing. It, it starts off with this. Um, it sounds like a jazz riff. Great riff, by the way. But then it switches to this bluegrass feel. Bluegrass. And then it goes back to like a rock thing. It's really clever. But yeah, it's such a great riff. That ding 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 ding. And then there's this one measure when the sax comes in, where just for one measure the drummer goes to a cross stick sound and then back to snare again just just really all over the place and yes there oh, is I a feel triangle like this is this is a track you could focus on in your i don't know if i'm giving it away but uh, don't don't do it oh, i could okay. focus on this in my blank 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 i think we we we, we teased it we got to mention uh that you are we have an idea. in the process of thinking about possibly doing <laughs> a podcast on drumming uh, I yeah. won't say any. I won't say anything more about it because mm-hmm. you don't have a name finalized or anything. But yeah, this oh, would be a great. This would be a, a great. Point. If we're gonna talk about video game music in it, that would be a great one to do. I absolutely love this track. Um, I I will say that this is an edited version. Um, the the full length version is probably a good five six minutes and listen to the whole thing guys because it takes shreddy. a little more of its time this, it's, this, piece this guitar shreds. player he's like this is my moment to shine right and he he definitely does gravity rush too yeah 
Yeah, I'm the guitarist. I play on Gravity Rush 2. Well, just like before, I'm going to let Will pronounce the name of this track. And what I'm excited is that this is a really beautiful, sparse acoustic guitar and harp rendition of the main theme, actually. The Gravity Rush 2 title theme. So, Will, take it away. Le Elgona. So in case you were you weren't sure, Kohei Tanaka is not effing around here. This is <laughs> Lei Elgona from Gravity Rush 2. And yeah, don't sit on the cello. I forgot to mention the solo cello. You get Ocarina coming back in the mix. Um, yeah, it just makes you realize how beautiful that melody is from I Gravity Rush. I love this melody. I, yeah, uh, the title theme. You're totally it's, right. It does make you appreciate it. Uh, I like that it proceeds as a melody gorgeous. of sequence. Um, Will, do you have anything to say about that ocarina section? I know it moved you. It blew my mind because it's the kind of thing... Uh, one of the things that I've gotten... I've been fortunate enough in college to do is take pipe organ lessons for a couple of right. years. Um, and it's it's really uh, changed the way I think about orchestration. Um, and this piece uses something that, I mean, I've just never heard in mm -hmm. uh, other instrumental music outside of the organ, which is that if you heard what was going on there um, in that beautiful woodwind passage, the ocarina was playing um, like an octave and a fifth above or possibly just a fifth above what that melody instrument was doing. And it's right. this crazy effect. You have it all the time on um, uh, an organ where you can put up a stop that isn't playing at pitch and octaves. It's actually yeah, you get playing, a harmonic. Yeah, yeah uh, a fifth. And if you listen to it on its own, it, it has this like power chord kind of sound because it's these parallel fifths. But when it's combined with other tampers, you start to hear it as a harmonic because in the overtone series... Uh, basically all of the pitches in the chromatic scale eventually voice themselves at some point. And the first one that we hear is the octave and then the fifth. 
Uh, so th- that was an amazing effect because it almost created a new instrument with two instruments. Yeah. It almost sounded like it was affecting the timbre of the principal it instrument. It was weird, wild stuff. That was yeah, so it's, cool. It's oh, out there. I've never yeah, heard that before. And, and like I said, I did mention there's a little bit of vaping going on, but not necessarily in the selections that we are presenting today, but listen to this whole soundtrack because there's moments when Kohei Tanaka is getting pretty darn experimental. So very nice. Okay. Well, it's your time to shine once more. We have the English title of A Red Apple for this next track, and you're going to say what the other pronunciation is. Um, But one thing I want to mention is that this is using a melody from the first game, and he is kind of changing it up and I think adding a female vocalist here to kind of make a little bit of nostalgia to get back to what we loved about the first score here. So this is A Red Apple, also known as... So I don't know what this uh, language is, but I'm going to do my best shot. I believe it's Akue... Aun tu oi. All right, let's take a listen. This is so beautiful. Oh my goodness. This is music that I just want to... I'm going to listen to this just on my own. I'm putting this on my phone. This is A Red Apple, and it's performed... We have a female uh, solo vocalist here. This is a melody from the first game, actually, that he's bringing back. That's It's amazing. And that moment there, you know, ending on that, you know, suspended five chord is so video gamey, so Japanese film music. Um, but it's it's also jazzy too. Uh, you have now you have this jazzy clarinet in a way that you don't really get. Um, you don't really get something this authentic because it's beautiful, but it's also jazzy and it's also a little mischievous. And we were actually having a hard time figuring out what language is being sung here. It doesn't sound like Japanese. There are moments I thought it sounded like French, but I guess I'm not sure. Yeah, it's great. I, I love that harmonic move. We have the da 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 that chord it is has, so cool. There's yeah. like a, a chromatic alteration. Really beautiful. That's also, for some reason, that reminds me a lot of the Fire Emblem Awakening style. Oh, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Those mm-hmm. jazzy substitutions. You've been using over that for this the past gorgeous, couple years, too. Uh, yeah. Melody. Holy moly. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, that's kind of one, one that kind of speaks for itself. I think that actually, that actually leads very nicely into our next piece of music. 
um, we kind of are going to go a little bit more sad with the emotional vibes here. So, Will, I think you're really going to enjoy the string writing here. This is Despair from Gravity Rush 2. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Despair, composed by Kohei Tanaka from Gravity Rush 2, also known as Gravity Days 2. Brand new Piping Hot soundtrack just released, um, you know, at time of uh, time of release of this episode, just released last week. Uh, Will, what are your thoughts on Despair? It's a very tragic piece of music, a little bit more experimental than some of the things we've heard so far. Those rich string harmonies at the beginning uh, feel very characteristic of the late uh, romantic period, almost this dark, uh, caustic, German, Germanic harmony yep. um, that we associate with like the late 1800s. Um, so beautiful. But the thing that's so great, Kohei Tanaka has really established his own harmonic language. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think he could write concert music in this style and it would be fitting because it's his own voice. It's this mixture of classical and jazz harmony. That beautiful oboe section uh, that takes place in sort of the middle of this piece. The rhythms are, you know, it's very mm-hmm. expressive line, very characteristic and colorful. But the harmonies there, again, are these jazz harmonies, minor sevenths, major sevenths that, that result in a jazz way it's so much more modern well i'm actually pretty sure that kohei tanaka has written concert music so that's not surprising that you say that but yeah it it definitely feels like that era but it's definitely incorporating it's injecting some modern things too like you can tell it was composed when it was and you can tell this in the voicings of when when the strings return after that section the voicings Mm -hmm. of those harmonies are so uh, it's almost like if if there was a nationalistic japanese uh music sound that Mm -hmm. would be it you know the way those chords are voiced with a lot of these um open intervals in terms of the harmonies and the way those jazz chords are voiced just great well as we approach the end of today we're exploring a little bit of the more experimental side but it's it's not even touching it's not scratching the surface of of where he actually goes in the tracks we're not going to actually get to today so i recommend everyone listening out for this whole soundtrack and if you're a fan of it's like experimental modern music there are moments in this soundtrack that are really going to challenge you um and to me it, it was it was for good effect i mean he really kind of kept me on the edge of my seat throughout the entire soundtrack let's take a listen to one that has a lot of weird elements mixed in together 
some synth, some orchestral, mixing it, mixing it all in the pot. This is Queen of Electromagnetic Force. You guys are listening to Queen of Electromagnetic Force. What an out there track from Gravity Rush 2 composed by Kohei Tanaka. This is so weird. Um, he's kind of going through the paces, you know, with, with the orchestral writing. It feels like kind of classic Gravity Rush, but uh-huh. it's it's on top of this really odd, like kind of dissonant synth groove. It's um, old school film music to me. It reminds mm. me of uh, Bernard Herman, Monty Norman. It kind of sure. sounds like uh, James Bond a little it bit does. too. The mixture of the orchestra and almost big band sound. But yeah, those dissonant well, string well, sounds. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because it doesn't feel modern as far as that mixture. It feels a yeah. little kind of campy. Yeah, it is very campy. It, it really feels like it's evoking an older thing. And even though it's dissonant, so, you know, in the context of music history, yes, it's these modern harmonies, you could say, of 20th century harmonies. But at this point, you know, it sounds that almost feel, you know, 60 years old or something. Um, it, right. And it is a it is a pastiche, uh, but it, it's very rich, detailed music. It is. Uh, really lovely. I I imagine, you know, Kohei Tanaka would just be a fun person to talk to because it sounds like he has a lot of really colorful influences and Mm -hmm. you can really hear all of that in his music. He's very well versed, it sounds. Well, guys, let's play the last piece of epic orchestral music of the day. This is Fundamental Forces, which there's just, again, some just great writing here. This is about as epic as I've heard in a video game, but there's not any moment where he loses you musically. Let's take a listen to this from Gravity Rush 2. Wow. 
guys, thank you so much for sticking with us today as we explored this brand new soundtrack of Gravity Rush 2, composed by Kohei Tanaka. I gotta say, he outdid himself. I mean, some bold choices here, not to just kind of go back exactly to what people maybe wanted or expected. Tried to challenge uh, the listener here and the player, and I think it was definitely it definitely was a payoff. I mean, this is a phenomenal soundtrack here by Kohei Tanaka. We had a great time exploring it, and yeah, it did feel like last week was kind of setting this up. And next week, we're actually going to continue with our third week straight of an orchestral spotlight, um, kind of to time the launch of um, the Switch. So that should be fun next week. Yeah, really excited uh, about things to come. We mentioned before we are having a live show. Um, if you do live in the Midwest or the Minnesota area, we'd love if you came out to it. Uh, the show's in Winona, Minnesota at a place called Ed's Bar. Um, like Carl mentioned, I think last week, it has become a popular fixture in the Midwest's music scene. It's uh, one of the venues that's featured prominently in the Midwest Music Festival. Sure. Um, and Carl actually went to school in Winona, so that's how we were able to I set up the show. But that's it's happening on yeah. yeah, it's happening on March fourth, Saturday, March fourth. So we're really excited about that. To those of you who can come, if out. anyone's in the region, you should come and check us out. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun and then one cool thing is the week after that's going to be weeks uh, going to be will spring break so i think um not this next episode but the episode after that should be a show and tell installment that'll so be that'll great. be nice to get back in maybe, a three-way we'll three yeah, yeah. marty on and, and then one thing i'll say is i think i have a good fitting topic uh after that to kind of reset the palette a non-orchestral topic i think would be really good <laughs> after that so all right guys we're gonna play you out with a really awesome track to me it sounds like it could fit at home in a bond movie actually the name of this track is nightgale from gravity rush 2 great a very fitting way to to close us we hope you enjoy this, and we hope you enjoy this episode. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, and thanks to everyone for leaving reviews there. You can follow us on Twitter, at Mercado Bros. We're also on Facebook, and you can subscribe to us on YouTube, and our website is supermercadobros.com. Be sure to check out Underscore Podcast, the new show by Marty and Will, if you're a fan of film music. Uh, very kind of similar vibe, at least to today. You know, a lot of the music we're exploring and talking about today, this could, you know, fit right at home in that podcast as well. So so if you're a fan of film, orchestral music, check that show out. Yeah, and we're just finding our footing. You know, that, that show is just starting off, but we're excited to branch out um, into other topics. I yes. feel like, you, like we mentioned before, five years running for the Super mm-hmm. Mercado Brothers. So we're excited to expand this umbrella. Let me know if you ever go into like 70s kind of funk or disco scores, because I would love to join Ooh. you for that episode. <laughs> That's going to be a yeah, deep we got to find ways yeah. uh, to bring you on. One of the ideas I had i'd love to bring you to come in and talk about orchestral percussion, percussion. Sure. yeah i think that would be, be down really fun all right well we're gonna let you guys go hopefully you've enjoyed this pretty long episode here but it's time to to say goodbye so my name is carl brueggemann and i'm his brother will brueggemann keep it real everybody peace out peace out